everybody. Welcome to the podcast this week. Um, we are doing some deep dives. Yep. Uh, we, we've decided, you know, we've done this kind of in the past and something that we really love doing. Um, any of us who are preaching, we always have stuff that's on the cutting room floor that we're like, man, I wish we could talk about this. Uh, this series in particular, as we're in Mark, uh, we're hitting it pretty quick. Uh, for at least for <laughs> at least for us, yeah. For a lot of people, they're like, okay, you're in Mark for months. You know, I feel like we could be in it for six months easy, easily. You know, yeah. uh, so there is a lot of things to talk about, um, and we're not even we're not even touching like comparing and contrasting with other gospels too much. You know, um, but Alec kicked us off this weekend, did a great job of giving us that sort of narrative arc and all of the things that we can analyze when it comes to Mark. That's very interesting. Thanks, Ryan. Um, and I love the kind of like overview of Mark that you gave. It really, like for me, I think because I've been diving into it too, we get yeah. to like nerd out on that. Um, but for a lot of people, you, you look at these gospels and you're like, okay, well, what's the difference? Are they, are we looking at this linear? Are we looking at this horizontal? Like, how are we looking at this? Are we trying to like shuffle the deck and go, oh, there's a little bit in Mark. There's a little bit in Matthew. Um, but I find it really valuable for us to really hone in on the gospel of Mark and say, mm-hmm. okay, let's just analyze this. Yeah. Um, there are some comparing contrasting with the other gospels, but Mark being really the oldest gospel uh, the first gospel, the one that really influences the others, um, is just really a beautiful place for us to dive into. Mm. Um, but yesterday, you you kind of helped us follow that narrative arc. And honestly, it's funny, I'd poured over it a ton. Mm. And I thought your framework was really, really helpful. Yeah. Um, but maybe just give us, again, that kind of high point, like what you noticed in that narrative arc with Mark. Yeah, I mean, just, just the quickest summary of that narrative arc, right? It, it, for some reason, it, it just felt... The, the more I was reading the gospel, the more I felt like there is, there really is a building tension here. That's that's really core to what what Mark is doing, and it it really leads you to to that cliff edge. I, I, a couple of different resources, you know, I was looking at um, Barclay. What's his first yeah, name? Yeah, yeah um, William William Barclay's William Barclay. commentary is super helpful. Jeff got us hooked on Barclay. Yeah, Barclay's always yeah, helpful. Yeah, really helpful. And then actually the the Bible Project overview video was hugely helpful. Yeah, uh, I didn't hit that, but normally yeah. I do. I yeah. was really surprised. But as soon as you said that, I was going, oh man. Yeah, they always yeah. are. I mean, because it's like, yeah, especially when you see those older ones and it's that kind of cheesier style that was yeah. cool at the time. You know, but then you're like, but at the end of the day, it, you got Tim Mackey's brain Tim behind amazing, behind those cartoons, you know, <laughs> yeah. and they're, uh, they're and pretty, that never gets old. No, yeah, that no, never gets no, old. it's it's pretty good. But but anyway, so as as I was looking at all those things, it just seemed to me that really that that plot line, uh, which is something that has been infecting the way I think about a lot of things concerning preaching and the Bible and stuff for a while now, but that plot line seemed like it would be a really helpful illustration there. And so it, as I looked at it, it felt like there were a handful of movements throughout the book that are all kind of leading you to uh, that that climax of the story, which is obviously the crucifixion. Um, and, and yeah. you know, people would argue, oh, it's the resurrection, but the Gospel of Mark, you know, leaves you on a cliff edge there, mm-hmm. uh, a bit of a cliffhanger. And 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 still, I think the crucifixion would be the climax of the story. And really, yeah. he has risen is, is the resolution, right? And so you have that, uh, what I called, you know, the intro, obviously, I didn't make up the word intro, you know, the way he sets things up. And we can talk about that in a couple of minutes here. And uh, and then we have rising action one where Jesus is inverting things. He's flipping things upside down in our understanding of that. And we have kind of the next section that comes right after the, 
the beheading of John the Baptist, as things are getting more intense, the question of Jesus's divinity is significantly intensifying. And we have yeah. Peter's confession in there. And, mm-hmm. uh, and then Jesus starts foretelling of his death and his resurrection. And right in the middle of kind of a triad of Jesus telling of his death and resurrection, we have the transfiguration, which Hmm. I view as kind of a subclimax of the story. You know, yeah. my, my little plot line for Mark looks like a, a bit of a roller coaster, you know, and that's one of the peaks of the roller coaster before we get to the climax. Dips a little bit afterwards. Yeah, then we get a but little... But it is clearly a high point. It's definitely like a, it's a breakup of Jesus's ministry. All of a sudden he's glowing on a mountain. I mean, it would like... make a great season finale for if sure. you were breaking the gospel of Mark up into two or three seasons, you yes. know? Yes, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then you have a, a reprieve, right, which is you're kind of back to the same stuff as... Uh, as, as rising action one is that first yeah. movement where Jesus is inverting things and um, just kind of changing our understanding of a few things, uh, which is funny because it's mm. super intense. It's the reason it's actually in rising action one, we're told after Jesus inverts the understanding of, of the Sabbath that we're told the Pharisees leave and start plotting with the Herodians to have him killed. Yes. So it's yeah. like they didn't, they didn't need, you know, all the rising action two stuff to want to kill him. It's those inversions that, that made them first decide that. But so anyway, you have mm. that little reprieve mm. and then that launches off really quick into what I labeled rising action three, which is uh, Jesus to the cross. And that kicks off with the triumphal entry, which again, mm. if you, picture this in your mind as though it were a movie, you know, it's, that's a, that's a serious scene, you know, yeah. like that, mm. that there's a lot going on there. Yeah. And, um, and then we have so much that's happening in that, in that Holy week in that passion week, right. That, that mm. we could go over, but, uh, but it culminates, I think in, uh, it's interesting. We have that triad of Jesus telling of his death and resurrection. And this is one point I was making that I think might be, maybe I'm stretching a little bit here, but I do see a symmetry and mm-hmm. symmetry is such a, a Jewish mindset thing. You see it all yeah. throughout Jewish literature. And even though the New Testament is written in Greek, it's written in Greek, but it's written by Jews, you know, and you and you see that, right? And so at the Last Supper, Jesus foretells of his death and resurrection. And I see a symmetry with that and the triad of his foretelling of his death and resurrection that sur- surrounds the transfiguration. Hmm. Whereas hmm. this one, it's he foretells it at the Last Supper, then he dies, and yeah. then he resurrects. And, mm. and I see a symmetry there. And, yes. and, and yeah. it's interesting to me that it's also interwoven with the symmetry of uh, the woman who we're told, I think it's not in the Gospel of Mark, maybe in another Gospel, is Mary Magdalene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's, it's Luke. Who, I think. Yeah, yeah, who anoints him. Yes. And yeah. then she is one of the two women in the Gospel of Mark. And I know the different Gospels record uh, a couple other figures there, but mm. she's one of the two that Mark mentions yes. as being at the tomb, yes. intending to anoint his body. Um, so, so I don't know. I, I'd, man, that's a thread I'd love to pull on one of these days. But it, yes, it, it, at first pass, it's enough for me to look at the beauty of the symmetry. Yeah, uh, I think is is really interesting, and and the fact that these are things that actually happened, and Mark is just picking up on Mark slash Peter is just mm-hmm. picking up on something that the Lord wove into the way the story unfolded. Yes. Um, yeah. But when yeah. I love when you you when you just said like the Mark slash Peter. Yeah. So to me, I think. One of the things, uh, I, and I was I was just speaking on Friday at the calling, mm-hmm. and I was my, which is my, our worship, yes, service. our worship service, yeah. And my brain was just full of the behind the scenes with Mark, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but you see, you know, in in Acts chapter twelve, we meet John Mark, mm-hmm. and um, and he's with his parents and. They're, you know, they've got that weird story we talked about where you're yeah. like, what is going on here? You know, um, but he gets 
he gets like you're talking he, about the story in in Acts where this is worth recapping because yes, it's just recap so fun. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So so it's just one of those side odd stories. You when you read it closely, you're like, what? What? That, <laughs> okay, that, it's it's funny actually, yeah. but it's it's crazy. But you know, Peter's been arrested. They're like worried they're going to have him killed. You know, he's in jail and he's hanging out one day and in an, and an, in prison in jail and and, uh, and an angel shows up and slaps him and that's the thing i'm like what he got slapped by an angel and he's thinking he's asleep and yeah. and and the angel pulls him out of jail sets him free and he's still kind of thinking he's asleep and at some point he's like oh i guess this really happened you <laughs> know I'm, and then he, he shows must be a deep sleeper yeah, yeah i guess so you yeah. know used to weird <clears throat> dreams or something and he shows up uh, having you know newly realized that he's been been set free at mark's mom's house house yes. where everybody is gathered to pray for him yes and there's a servant named girl mary as yeah, well yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. as yes. is every woman <laughs> every, yeah, a lot which of is Marys. interesting because i side note you know that that's accurate to the distribution it was it was a common name back then just like it is today yep. so it, yes that's yeah. one of the little tidbits that gives the new testament the ring of of truth, of truth that, yes. that they say uh, is, is kind of the distribution of the names but anyway yeah. so he, you know they show up to mark's mom's house and a servant girl answers the door when Peter knocks and she freaks out and slams the door on his face because she's <laughs> yeah. like, Peter's here. And she goes back and tells everybody who's praying that the Lord would set Peter free, yeah. that Peter's here. And they yeah. say, no, 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 no. It must just be an, an, one of his angels, Yes, which is like, a hilarious she slams the door on his face instead <laughs> yes. of inviting him in yeah b hilarious that they're and, and i think is says something beautiful that they're praying for him to be set free and in that kind of mustard seed faith right but they don't actually think that he's been set free yes. when he actually gets set free yeah they don't believe it yeah. and then also it's so interesting that for them it's so normal to have these crazy miraculous things happen yes these they, angelic visitations they more expect yeah. that it's an angel than that peter got out of jail <laughs> yeah so anyway it's a wild story yeah. it's wild and that that's where we meet john mark yep. like that's where yep. and he uh we, we're not really sure but we you know you can kind of surmise that he was probably a kid when jesus walked the mm-hmm. earth you know uh so he was somebody who came to know came to know jesus mm-hmm. after jesus's death resurrection um and um and you meet him, and then he's in the family with Barnabas, who, again, you're like, this is a pretty well-known figure. You know, you've got Barnabas and Paul and and all these guys. And I love the humanness of the story um, with Mark. I love the humanness of, you know, he is, again, he's at his mom's house. All of this stuff is going on. Um, but he finds himself on these missionary journeys with Paul mm-hmm. and who had to have been like a, a hero for him. Like he had to be like, he had to know who Paul was. He had to know like, Hey, I was a kid when Jesus, you know, was walking the w- world. Now I'm like coming into my own. And he finds himself with Barnabas, Barnabas his cousin or something like that. Some family member. Um, and then when you see in, you know, acts uh, 15, when he like, or acts 13, he doesn't go with them on mm-hmm. one of their journeys. And like this area that they were in, I can't remember the name of it. What was it called? Um, I can't remember the name of the the town. Anyway, it was pretty notoriously lawless though. Like yeah. this was a, 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 like this was a dangerous place to be. And you could see John Mark go like, uh, I, I don't know if I'm going to do this. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I don't know if I could go there, you know? And he bows out and he leaves and it makes, it makes 
Paul mad? Yeah. And it's so funny, like all of a sudden it comes full circle by Acts 15. Then it's like, Barnabas is like, hey, can we bring Mark? And Paul's like, no way. Yeah. That guy's a flake. Like he abandoned us. Like, yeah, I mean, we're filling in the gaps, but clearly yeah. there was a, as it said, a strong contention arose between the two of them. Yeah. Well, I think so, he, it does tell us that Paul was upset specifically clearly. that he, I think he said he abandoned them. He, or something he clearly says area. that. Yes. Yeah. And obviously we're filling in the blanks a little yeah. bit with, you know, whatever. Yeah. Guessing but, why. He yes. But them. you've got. You know, now John Mark, again, like in hindsight, it's so easy to look at and it's so easy to like, the thing I automatically parallel it with is just my own life, you know, like going, gosh, the things that you think that the Lord does Mm -hmm. that you go, this was so painful or there was a leader that said this thing to me and, and it hurt my feelings or whatever it is. And you see this where it's like, Paul is frustrated. It causes this division. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm filling in the blanks a little bit, but at some point, Mark finds his way to Peter Mm -hmm. and becomes like a scribe for him, like a right-hand man to him, enough that Peter calls him a son Mm -hmm. in the faith, you know. And you got to wonder, like, had that broken relationship not happened, would Mark have found his way to, to, you know, Peter? Would he have found his way as a scribe? Mm -hmm. Would he find himself in this place where he is writing down the stories that Peter's telling him that eventually becomes the first gospel, which is Mark, you know? Um, And I love that he's not one of the original 12. He's Mm -hmm. kind of a random guy, to be honest. Um, But God continually uses these sort of like people that you wouldn't really anticipate him using. Mm -hmm. And Paul is not even that cool of a guy outside of like, he talks constantly about how he stutters all the time and had that weird eye thing in Galatians. We don't know, but obviously it made people uncomfortable to even look at him. And that's the cool crowd that Mark doesn't like, like level up to, you know? Yeah. And for me, I love so much that that is the foundation of the book of Mark. Mm -hmm. You know, like you are entering uh, the world of this young guy who is hearing all these stories, is being really dutiful and careful to write them down. Yeah. And Mark really is as close to like a gospel of Peter that we get to, you know, Peter obviously being this very, very central figure in the life of Jesus mm-hmm. and somebody that we always look and we always give him a hard time. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and it's easy, but uh, there's the parallels between him and us are very clear, you know? Yeah. Um, but the, the heartfelt nature of Peter, that sort mm-hmm. of like intensity of Peter, yeah. you sense that in the book of Mark, you know, yeah. you sense that sort of like intense language, hot, you know, the arcs that you're talking about yeah. are quick. I mean, you get these, this rocket ship up of like, Mark doesn't waste any time in the beginning going, mm-hmm. let me tell you about the birth of Jesus. Let me, none of that. He just goes straight into ministry. Yeah. By the end of chapter one, we're already talking about Jesus healing people in his ministry, you know? Um, and I love that. But to me, I think that's the thing that impacts me a ton when I read the book of Mark, like that story in acts of who this guy really is. Um, it really is to me, I think such a beautiful backdrop to the book of Mark. Yeah. Um, what did you see? I mean, I, I kind of just spit out a real mm-hmm. quick version of it, but it's pretty clear that there's an intensity in Mark that you yeah. don't see anywhere else. Yeah. And there's a, like a quick pace nature to Mark. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, unpack that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I, I, it's interesting because you wonder. I think we were talking about this the other day, and you were saying like, "What? What is? What's Peter? What's Mark?" And it's so interesting to look at that. I mean, I think it's interesting, even just uh, you know, like you had mentioned. Oh, yeah, this is the closest thing to a gospel of Peter we get, but it's also 
you know, if, if what Papias of Heriopolis, which again, super fun <laughs> name and title there, uh, tells us Heriopolis. is true, you know, this is, this is Mark remembering things from Peter's sermons, which we don't know this. We don't know if, if, if what he said was accurate or not, but it's the best guess it's we have, you know, and, yeah. and uh, we don't have any reason to assume that he was incorrect necessarily. Yes. Um, and so he, he tells us that it's, it's Park writing from memory from Peter's sermon, Mark, sorry, Mark writing from Peter's sermons from memory, which as his interpreter, he would have heard his messages over and over and over again, especially if Peter was a teacher like any other teacher, you know, uh, certainly people who know me have heard me tell the same stories many, many, many times. Yeah. But, uh, but, but so it's interesting, you know, just to even think of, gosh, this is some sort of collection of stitched together sermons of Peter. Uh, I think that's, that's really beautiful, but yeah, for sure. There is clearly a a growing intensity as you, as you get through it, just really as kind of a J curve of, of a story. Immediately, immediately this happened, immediately that happened. And I'm, I'm, I mean, I, I would be, I wish we could sit and really compare and I'd love to actually sit down and uh, compare the four gospels, and I'm a little jealous you're doing that right now in school, <laughs> yeah. comparing the four gospels. Uh, it's but very you know, interesting. Yes. You know, I think just from a higher level view, it's interesting because because um, John is a bit more of the uh, uh, the softer one, who's also really going for the humanity and the love and the gentleness of Jesus, but I think with a very different lens than Mark. Yes. Um, and, and then uh, it's interesting. Matthew and Luke are. I mean, there's a couple theories to this, but I the the one I would buy into is that they seem to have had the gospel of Mark in front of them when they wrote. Yeah. Um, That's why they call them the synoptic gospel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's that for those first three. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's almost they, as they if feel very related. maybe Matthew and Luke said, great, awesome gospel of Mark. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, but it's also super concise. We'd like to add some things that we don't want to lose that, yes. that, that weren't in there. Yeah. Um, Matthew and, leans a lot more into like the teachings of mm-hmm. Jesus and unpacking that, unpacking yeah. the birth of Jesus, slows down mm-hmm. considerably yeah. from Mark. Yeah, 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 and Mark is just like, just like start when things, the moment things get intense, Mark is in there. Yeah. And, and before things are even fully cleanly resolved, Mark's out of there, you know, leaving, yeah. again, my opinion, uh, it seems to be perhaps if if chapter sixteen verse eight is the the final chapter or the original gospel of Mark, you know he's he's leaving the end to happen. I would say as a discussion, yes, uh, among among readers, yeah, uh, and and it's almost like the Passion of the Christ how it ends with like the light, yeah, You're like yeah, it's so what happened totally. Yeah. Actually, it's yeah. funny you say that because that thought did occur to me of like yeah, someone tried to make a movie of this. And that's exactly what they did. And that's exactly what they, uh, they did. did. They ended exactly it exactly right the way uh, the way Mark yeah. does. You know, and a lot of historians will say too, like, and and, and you mentioned this, but mm-hmm. it's pretty backed up that this was most likely used on missionary journeys. Like, yeah. this was a hey, let's sit and I want to read you this thing mm-hmm. and we're going to talk it through. Yeah, um, this is a short gospel with our current contemporary uh, mm-hmm. attention span. This still feels like a long, long read for somebody. Yeah. But at that time, this would really be a short read sitting down like, hey, let's read this together. Yeah. And I love that. And you threw that out. And I know there's some dissension. We, we were yeah. even talking about that, of the the fact that how when you read the Gospel of Mark, you get to kind of the end. Mm-hmm. And there's that line that says, the rest of this is not in the earliest manuscripts yeah. of Mark. Yeah. Now, we're not saying that that's not the Word of God and that there's mm-hmm. not something that was installed. Like, the Lord can do all kinds of things. Yeah. But it is interesting. There's a writing style shift. There are, mm-hmm. There's a little bit of a shift in tone that happens at that point. Mm-hmm. And it is interesting to think that he would end on a cliffhanger 
And not that he doesn't talk about the resurrection of Jesus, because he talks about all over the t- all over the place that Jesus yeah. is going. I'm going to die, and three days later, I'm going to be resurrected. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they they run away from the empty tomb. Be like, of course, the assumption is, is that he did raise, you yeah. know. Um, but it is, but it is interesting. But mm-hmm. I know there's a little controversy in that. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, but 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 it's it's funny too. You even have uh, you know church fathers as early as I think third century are discussing this exact thing because hmm. they have the same footnote that we have. And they're, you know, I, I can't remember who, who the two were, but someone was writing to some bishop in the third century, I think. If I remember correctly, I might be off by a century, but um, <laughs> no big deal, you know, <laughs> yeah. off by a hundred years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I'm pretty sure it's third century. You know, where there, ancient you, history. one guy's writing to his mentor and saying, hey, what do we do with this? And he says, well, you know, the same things we say about it. Like, hey, yeah. nothing has changed. Read the book of Mark carefully like without these verses we mm. still have a big fat arrow pointing to the resurrection that that seems to be the intention yes and and furthermore there's nothing in these verses that isn't elsewhere now mm. uh were those verses there there are those who would really vehemently defend them and say no they, they were always there mm-hmm. uh, you know i don't know you know because and, and perhaps perhaps those were the verses that were always there and they were lost from an early manuscript and someone found a second manuscript that still had those verses yeah i, I I don't. That's not the camp that I would sit in on them. Um, yeah. And 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 it, but uh, but perhaps you know. Yeah. And and it doesn't change the authority of scripture. It doesn't change no. any of that. I mean, the the entire story of the compilation of the Bible is full of things yeah. like that. So and you have to be able to reconcile those sort of things. And know? if anything, the fact that we wrestle with these things uh, is because we hold the scriptures so very highly. Yes. That anytime there's any question, we leave the question mark in there. Yeah. And we say, Hey, we're we, an open book. We're, we're like, we're very honest. Like, if we hey, didn't, here's the process. Yeah. yeah. If we didn't trust this stuff, if we didn't think this was real, if we didn't That's think it was the, the inspired word of God that was valuable, then we would ignore these things and mm. we would change things as we want to. Yes. Um, and there are other religions that are happy to change their religious texts, even that have been written within the last couple hundred years. Yeah. Because they don't view those as the genuine inspired word of God or something. I'm not, yes. I, I suppose I probably shouldn't speak to the motivation of, of sure. uh, why, you know, the Mormon church, for example, is changing, changing the book of Mormon often at their own will, even though it was written only a few hundred years ago yes. in, in the language of English. <laughs> yeah. um, but we would never do that with the Holy yeah. scriptures. You know, yeah. we, we, we try very hard to make sure that we find them as they were written yes. and we take that really seriously. Yeah. But well, um, I think Mark, the, the other like kind of high level, thing for people to take away when it comes to Mark is he really highlights the humanity of Jesus Mm -hmm. and he really, really highlights the divinity of Jesus as well. And we were talking about this, the fact that it's like, he's talking about miracles right off the bat. Yeah. And he's like, this is happening. Yeah. Uh, Jesus is coming in and he's doing miraculous works. Mm -hmm. Uh, the son of God is a phrase that Mark uses very often, right in the first verses that he he sets the, the, the table saying, this is the son of God. Like he's laying that out. But then the humanity of Jesus, the way that he, like we were talking about on Sunday, the rich mm-hmm. young man or the rich young ruler, yeah. uh, Mark is the only gospel where it says that Jesus looked at him and he loved him. Yeah, you know, like that. there's that humanity of Jesus. Yeah, um, and even Mark, to to a certain extent, would say 
uh, like he he calls him the carpenter mm-hmm. instead of the carpenter's son yeah. that that Matthew calls him. him. Matthew. Now they were probably him and his dad were both carpenters, but yeah. Matthew's almost like I don't want to be disrespectful to Jesus, so mm-hmm. I'm not going to call him a carpenter. Yeah. But Mark doesn't. That doesn't bother Mark. Yeah. Mark's like, hey, he was a normal, ordinary guy mm-hmm. that then changed and started doing ministry that blew everybody away. Yeah. You know. Um, but there's that sort of stark contrast between the humanity and divinity yeah, I love of that. Jesus that Mark leans in too heavily. Yeah. And, and I love that, right? Like you have, here's a story of, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's the carpenter and he's, he's, he can feel angry and he can be hungry yes. and he can be tired. And then he's glowing on a mountain, <laughs> yeah. you know, yes. and feeding thousands of people miraculously. And, yeah. and everybody is amazed and in awe at the words that he says. And that's, it's just, it's just a beautiful reality that God, that he was, Jesus was fully God and fully man. And, mm-hmm. um, and, and I, and just, you know, the earliest gospel there is, 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 it's just trying to paint a picture of who, who we see, you know, yes. and, and you can see that, you know, Matthew and Luke, like oh, I wanting to back away from that just, just a little bit, but not, but still there. I mean, they're not avoiding the humanity of Jesus. They're just yeah. trying to soften it a little bit, but perhaps out of an intended reverence and awe. I mean, that's, that's mm-hmm. for those of us who followed, follow Jesus. That is such a, an interesting dynamic of a relationship with God, right? At one yes. level, he's God, mm-hmm. the God of the universe. At another level, he's friend. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. and so he's so holy and so I don't want to use the word common, but common, yeah. you know, yes. uh, and, and well, that's part of the beauty of the story. Yeah. Right? Like, and then Mark really leans into that. So and that's, well. that's why, you know, like the uh, doctrine of the Trinity is so important and why, you know, we look to the clarification, uh, the concise clarification in, in both the apostles and the Nicene Creed, you know, and it's, it's important that, cause one of the things that those creeds are chiefly concerned with the Nicene Creed in particular is clarifying, Hey, Jesus was fully God yeah, and Jesus was fully man because there were heresies coming up saying, oh, he wasn't totally God. Yeah. He wasn't or totally God. he was emptied God. of his divinity or whatever. Yeah. yeah these and, heresies that sneak their way in. And, and this is a, this is a big, this is not inconsequential, you know, head in the clouds, not, you know, yeah. kind of situation. It means yes. something. If Jesus was not fully man, then at the, I mean, it means a thousand things, but at the very least, most significant to me, at least that I can think of off the top of my head, then the way we relate to him and he relates to us is significantly changed. Yes. Is there something so powerful that he became a man? And mm. if he wasn't fully God, again, creates quite a few issues. Uh, but one of the significant ones I notice is actually there was that horrible movie that no one should ever watch that Jennifer, <laughs> what's it, the Hunger Games girl? Um, uh, what's her last? What? Jennifer, Jennifer Lawrence, Lawrence, thank you, that she did. And I, Thanks, I heard Dalton. that she even was like, did you know, did we go too far? Should we not have produced this movie? Um, <laughs> it was called Mother. Honestly, yeah. don't watch it. Yeah. Um, it. It was essentially just accusing God of being a toxic, abusive father. Oh, was literally the the premise of the whole movie. Mm. Um, and it was it was gross. It was sickening. It was just yeah. uh, just don't. Yeah. Um, but she. And this isn't like just don't then go watch it. Like honestly, just <laughs> yeah, save just, your just just because yeah. that that's the punchline is, yeah. is 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 they're asserting that God is an abusive father. Yeah. And when yeah. you don't understand that Jesus, when you don't understand the Trinity, that Jesus was yes, yes God's son, but also fully God, that is a genuine concern. Yeah. But when you realize that this is God Himself, 
Mm-hmm. As much as it is this, the Father and the Son, it is God Himself. That's that's very different because it's one yes. thing to lay your life down. Yeah, it's another thing to lay your child's life down. Yes, and when somehow in the beautiful enigmatic mystery of the Trinity, you and your Son are the same, it can be mm-hmm. both the greatest sacrifice ever and also a self sacrifice yes. instead of abuse. And, well, and without the humanity of Jesus, we don't have a God that empathizes, that understands, mm-hmm. connects. You know, otherwise you do have that sort of like. God in the sky that doesn't understand what's happening. Yeah. And that's what's beautiful about the book of Mark. I mean, I think it really highlights that the humanity of Jesus, the the reality of what it meant to to walk with him. It's like and you can you can tell. I mean, Jesus only had 3 years of ministry. Mm-hmm. So how quick pace this is, it's probably pretty true to how it felt if yeah. you're in the midst of it, you know. Mm-hmm. This arc of your like, man, Jesus is rising in the ranks. He's going to be this political savior. And then you're just throw the whole thing's thrown on its yeah. ear, and he dies. You yeah. know, and you go, "What? What a tragedy!" Yeah. And then there's the resurrection, and it's like in hindsight, everybody, which Matthew highlights a lot. I know I said I wasn't going to compare and contrast yeah. too much, but that's, that's Matthew good to do. Matthew highlights a lot of the like you've heard it said here and here. Read in Isaiah and Malachi and all these places uh, where this thing is prophesied. You know. Mm-hmm. But all of those pieces only come together really after the resurrection because everybody's confused after the death. They're Mm -hmm. like, what is going to happen? They've been hearing him say he's going to resurrect, but will he really, you know? Um, And the the gospel of Mark, this is really just kind of, and for today, this is really just kind of a quick overview. We're going to be doing much more of a deep dive as Mm -hmm. we go into chapter by chapter. But I think this really does set the table for the rest of it. I think these are really important things for everybody to understand in the background as they're yeah. studying Mark. This is a very different gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, I One of the guys uh, in the class that I'm taking, he was like, this is my favorite gospel. He's like, if yeah. I'm allowed to say that. And I, I agree with him. I'm like, there's mm-hmm. something about Mark that really is set apart from everything else. Yeah. Uh, so I love the fact that we're going into it. A- any of you that are following with us, um, Alex said this last week. Um but it really would be ideal for you to sit down and read through yeah. uh, the gospel of Mark. And if possible, once or twice, like all the way through in one sitting or mm-hmm. one or two sittings, you know, uh, listening to it, just kind of saturate in it. Yeah. And when we do a series on a book like that, on like this, that's what's really powerful. Mm-hmm. If you're doing that sort of deep saturation in it, you're going to get a lot more out yeah. of it. Um, so, and it's good literature. Yeah. Like flip yeah, on, honestly, good. as weird as it is to say this, like flip on your entertainment gear, if that makes <laughs> yeah. sense. You know, I don't you know, flip on gears, shift into, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, like shift not, into not your outfits, reading. but like, yeah. and into a different yeah. gear in your car. Yes. yes. Yeah, I get shift, it. Yes. <laughs> shift into your, shift into your, I'm reading a book yes. gear because it's, it's not entertainment, of course, but it is, it's good literature. Yeah. Enjoy it. Yes. You know, there's that, uh, is it in the Psalms or the Proverbs? And I know, rabbis famously you know your word is like sweet like honey to my lips you know and they would actually take honey and put them on their students uh mouth and and let them taste that as they you know tasted of the word of god it's good it's It's good good. it's entertaining it's interesting it's compelling yes and it's true yes so yep and i think our podcast from this point forward this will probably be our shortest one we're just kind of setting the table but we're going to be squeezing all of uh all that we can out of the book of mark we're going to really be pouring in so if you love our Sunday mornings, great, but this is a great place to, to digest a little bit more. Um, so stay tuned to our podcast for that. Um, but for, for all of you listening, thanks so much for spending a little time with us on this intro to, to Mark. Uh, next week, we're going to continue and dive into chapter one, two, probably touch a little bit into chapter three um, and dive deeper. So yeah, have a great day, everybody.